Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, find your place in Romans chapter number 15. God bless you for being here today. Those of you who are also joining us online, may the Lord bless you. We miss you and we pray God's best for you and look forward to the day when you're back joining us here uh, in our services uh, live at First Baptist Church. But all of you who are here, God bless you. I'm Pastor Mike. If you are a guest, may the Lord bless you. Please let us know how we can help you or minister to you in any way. I continue to share with you my testimony about my hope in God. I hope that my testimony is an encouragement to you. Uh, Peter said that those of us who are believers, that we are to be ready to give an account to any person who asks us about the hope within us with reverence and gentleness. So I want to do that for you. I want to model for you. And as your pastor, I want to say to you why I have greater hope in God today than I have at any other time in my life. In Romans chapter 15, we'll find a wonderful verse here uh, in verse number four that will, uh, I'll build my comments around this particular verse. Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 15 is encouraging the Roman church that the strong believers in the church are to help the weak believers and bear with them, be patient with them in their struggles. You know, we all start out in our Christian life and we have things we learn and we fail. We don't understand always what we're to do. But as believers grow and mature, we who are stronger, we who are more mature are to help those who are not as strong as us. And so let's read Romans chapter 15, beginning in verse number 1. Paul says, Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength, and not just please ourselves. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to his edification, that is, to his building up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. That's Psalm 69, 9. Now our focus for today will be verse 4. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Jesus Christ, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, now thank you for your word. Thank you for the assembling of your people together. What a good day it is for us to be together to celebrate the grace of God and salvation in Jesus Christ. And to gain hope from one another. May the Holy Spirit of God now be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So my focus this morning is my continuing testimony to you. I hope in God today. And my hope in Him is greater today than it's been in any other time. Despite all the troubles that go on in my life. Uh, despite what's going on in our world. And the constant challenges we face. As a result of being believers in Jesus Christ, I have greater hope in God today. What do I mean by hope? I mean expectation, confident expectation that God is going to do and come through for me and for all of his people as he has promised. 
I hope in God because of God's word. So this morning I'm describing for you my hope is strengthened and my hope in God is it gains greater power and strength in my life as I, as I come to understand and to use God's word in my life. So I'm holding it before you, this blessed book, these wonderful, wonderful words written down for us. They are recorded in our mother tongue in English. And so we have this copy of God's word from Genesis to Revelation. With all of the law of God, all the history of the children of Israel, all the wonderful words of the Psalms and Ecclesiastes, the wisdom literature of this book, all the prophecies, uh, both of the first coming of the Lord Jesus, His second coming, and then the four Gospels, all of the letters and writings of the apostles, and then the great book of the Revelation. How is it that you relate to God's Word. I'm asking my Christian friends here today. Could it be, could it be that the level of discouragement and despair in your life is tied to your lack of reading, hearing, and taking in the Word of God? Well, I believe that's true. I find it to be true in my own life. When there are seasons of time when I'm not as when I'm not as careful about taking up and reading God's Word, when I'm not paying attention and applying it in my life, when I'm not taking it to memory, when I'm not using God's Word, I discover that my, in my soul I have despair and I have growing discouragement. And I don't think I'm alone. I think that that's what we learn today from Paul. Paul is describing the Lord Jesus Christ and how the Lord Jesus did not live to please Himself, but to encourage other people. That's what Paul's really trying to say in this particular place. I'm not going to speak about that subject today. I'm going to take our mind to verse 3 and 4 because I have something I want to say to you. Because in these words, in verse number 4, we have one of those grand and amazing statements of Paul the Apostle about the wonder and glory of God's Word as it helps us gain hope. That's what I'm talking to you about. How that you might have greater expectation and confidence in God. Well, it comes tied to the Word of God. So again, let me share with you three ways. So if, if I say to you today, I hope in God because of God's Word, let me explain why. You may say, well, how, how is that? How, how does that look for you, Pastor Mike? Why can you say that you have greater hope today in the world because of God's Word? Well, three reasons I'll give you from verse number four. Number one, I hope in God today because God's written word, I'm being very specific, God's written word instructs me. Number two, I hope in God and I have confident expectation in God because God's written word teaches me endurance, the principle and the, the action and the discipline of endurance. And finally, I hope in God today because God's written word comforts me, brings great comfort and assurance in all of life's circumstances. So let's get to it and look at this. First of all, Paul says to us, even Christ did not please himself. This is verse three, but please notice the phrase, as it is written, as it is written. And then he quotes from Psalm 69, nine, look at those words, verse three, 
the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Paul reminds us that many times in the Psalms, the psalmist by prophecy speaks the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's one of those examples. The reproaches that fell on others fell actually upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He took them upon himself. And then Paul takes the opportunity to teach the Roman church, as I want to speak to First Baptist Church today, for whatever was written, please notice the language here in verse 4, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of Scripture, the actual word Scripture means the writings, the writings, we might have hope. So let me again mention this. What is written down from God becomes authoritative. God's word is grapho. This is the word. It's the Greek word that means to be written before your eyes. If you brought your Bible today, your copy of God's word, you've been reading along with me. Your eyes have read along with me. Your mind is considering these truths that we have in God's word. These things are written down. They were written from Ancient words, as we just sang, they were written before time for us in earlier days so that we might have them for our days. They were written earlier, but they're just, they're just as significant and up to date as if it were the very day they were written. These are the written words of God. Your Bible contains the written words of God. All the words that God wanted us to have in writing, He has preserved for us and given to us in the Bible. We have it, in, as I've said, in our own language. You have multiple translations that are available to you in the day in which we live that are wonderfully uh, a wonderful blessing to us. You can read them. You can, encourage, you can be encouraged by them. You can be, as Paul says here, these things that were written in earlier times were written for our instruction. You see, I need to be taught from God's Word. These words are written down. Uh, I think of some places in the Word of God where we read this. Moses was told in Leviticus, uh, in, excuse me, in Exodus 34 to say, uh, to write down what God said. He says, the Lord says to Moses, write these words down. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They are a record of all that God said to Moses and he wrote it down. The Lord Jesus said to the apostles, the Holy Spirit is going to supernaturally bring back all the things that I have said to you and you'll, you'll know them and understand them. Well, the Gospels are written based on what they were supernaturally given in their minds to remember from what the Lord Jesus said. John says, in fact, not everything that the Lord Jesus said has been written down, but these things have been written. These things have been written. Gospel of John. So that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And believing in Him you might have hope in His name. Praise God. The writings of the Word of God are written down. What did the Lord Jesus say over and over and over? He said it is written. When the Lord Jesus was saying it is written. He's talking about the authority of God's Word. When you pick up God's Word you are reading the writings. You are reading these ancient words written at an earlier time for our instruction. 
Where would we be today? How would we know about the Lord Jesus Christ? How would we know about the gospel? How would we know about the Holy Spirit? How would we understand the great promises He has for us? How would we know of heaven if it were not for the written Word of God? The written Word of God is the foundation upon which our entire faith in God comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. And many of you, just like me, from your smallest of years, the earliest of your days, just like I'm so glad in our church is true for our boys and girls of our families and our grandchildren, they are hearing these ancient words that have been written down. They are considering them, thinking about them. And for many of you, like me, you have heard these written words taught and preached. You have read them. You have prayed over them. You've memorized them. You've meditated on them. And because of that, they come to be a part of who you are. They become to be, the, they help you to think in the right way. They help you to have hope in God. That's why Paul goes here uh, to the Psalms to remind these believers, if we're going to treat people right, if we're going to treat each other right, we do as it was written of the Lord Jesus in Psalm 69. These words are written in earlier times and they were written for our instruction. There's a wonderful verse or two that I must read to you and I don't have time for you to turn to them. But in 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says something very important. All the writings, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable. This is 2 Timothy 3.16. All the scriptures. Are you seeing this? Some say, well, boy, my favorite is the New Testament. No, my favorite is all of God's word. Every bit of it. From, from the most strange and obscure verses that I don't quite understand. All of it. From Genesis to Revelation. Every bit is equally important. All the words matter. All of the writings. I'm holding them before you. All the writings, all the scriptures are, first of all, God breathed. These are inspired by God without error. These words matter to us. They are eternal words. As you read, they're like no other book you'll read. They're like nothing you'll look at on the internet. There's, this is the very word of God written to us and preserved in writing so that you and I might go to it time and time again. All scripture is inspired by God, 2 Timothy 3.16, and profitable. So if I'm going to stand before you today, I must give you something of profit, of value to you. Pastor Mike, what do I need? How do I gain? How do I get out of this despair in my life? How do I get out of this discouragement? I recommend to you the reading and hearing and applying of the Word of God, the Bible. You have a copy of God's Word somewhere. What do you do with God's Word, my friend? First. Corinthians 10, Paul's talking about Moses and the children of Israel to the Corinthian church. He says in 1 Corinthians 10, these things happened to the Israelites as an example. Listen now. They were written for our instruction. Why do we study about Israel? Why do we pay attention to Moses? Why do we look at Abraham and the life of the patriarchs? Because these are written for our instruction upon whom the end of the ages have come. And again, 2 Timothy 3.15, just before what I quoted to you, Paul reminds Timothy, as I'm going to remind this room of people, many of you I know very well, you're just like me. 
You're just like me. This, is the, this verse is true for you, just like it was for Timothy. From childhood, from childhood, you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Why do I take the Word of God and teach it to my children so that they might be saved? Why do I take the Word of God and continue to read it in my life so that I might be saved and grow, so that I might gain wisdom and walk with God, so that my desires may become the desires of God, so that I might see the great God that I serve and glorify Him and honor Him. These are the words, my dear friends, that instruct us. They instruct you in every age of your life. This instruction's not something that stops in your Christian life. Paul said it to Timothy, but I say it to you. Study to show yourself approved. I'm asking you today, how much time do you submit to the Word of God so that the Word of God instructs you? That includes private reading. Private study, memorization, meditation, all of it matters. Every bit of it. It includes coming to hear the preaching of the Word of God. It includes going and hearing the Word of God taught, not avoiding it. It's always interesting to me to talk to some who are despairing and then you find out, well, they don't spend much time in God's Word. Number two, I hope in God's Word because God's Word teaches me to endure. Well, we're back to it again, aren't we? What is the great enemy of my hope? It is discouragement in my circumstances. And some of you today are stuck in your circumstances, aren't you? You're stuck in it. You're going down every day. You're dropping like a rock. You're in despair. You can't seem to get out of it. You're paying attention to your circumstances rather than believing in God, trusting Him so that your hope might grow. I'm saying it repeatedly. I will now pause and say it again. That when you know who God is through the Lord Jesus Christ, you will trust Him. And when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ, you will gain and grow in your hope in Him. And joy will come back to your life. There is, a, there is a direct correlation between knowing God, trusting God, and having hope in God. And the only source by which I can know God and trust God and hope in God is what I hold in my hands. The Word of God. The Word of God teaches me so many examples. Why are the stories of the Word of God so important? Because time after time we learn. The Word of God is filled with these stories and examples of those who learned how to endure and hope in God. The blessed Lord Jesus is our best example. If I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, I learn to endure in this world just like He did. We read in Hebrews chapter 12, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured shameful, horrible treatment from sinners. He endured, his life was one of endurance so that he might die for us to be saved. You see, the word of God teaches me endurance by the examples that are given to me in the word of God. Uh, James says it another way. James 5, we count those blessed who endured. There is a direct connection to enduring and being blessed by God. 
Now, we don't hardly believe that. that sound, you see, the world's philosophy doesn't believe that. But I'm not standing here to give you the world's philosophy. I'm standing here declaring to you what the truth of God's word is. Those are blessed who endure in their hope because they trust in God. We are, we count those blessed who endure it. And you have heard of the endurance of Job, James says. And you've seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings. That the Lord is full of compassion and merciful. You see, endurance, as I read God's word, produces hope. I'm going to... Uh, I'm, I, you know, it's hard to say you have a favorite place in God's Word. I, I am your pastor. I, I share it with everyone I can. But I go, I go to the spiritual gym of the book of Psalms every day of my life. I work out in the spiritual gym of the Psalms because the Psalms take you through all the experiences and occasions of life and teach us how to trust God in all of them. But perhaps I find myself more often, and it's been the... It's been the theme of my life to spend my days in Psalm 119 because I can. this is the longest of all the Psalms and it is nothing more than prayer and praise for the Word of God and how to use God's Word when I pray and I recommend it to you. I recommend it to you for your prayer life. Just pick up Psalm 119 and begin to pray these words. Listen, to, let me just give these to you. Here's, here's part of my testimony. The Word of God teaches me endurance. Psalm 119.46. Here's the prayer. Remember the word you promised to your servant. In which you have made me hope. That's Psalm 119.46. Remember the promise you have made to your servant. How many times I've said to the Lord, remember the promise, the word. Remember the words you have promised to your servant. In which you have made me hope. Psalm 119, 116. Sustain me by your word. That's where some of you are. You're about to let go. You're about to walk away. You're about to quit in your walk with God. You're giving up because you think the mountains are too high. And the struggle's too deep. You don't know and you cannot see a way out. Psalm 119, 116. Sustain me according to your word that I may live and do not let me be ashamed of my hope. That's the way we pray to the Lord. You see, hope in God uh, comes in my life because God's written word instructs me. My hope in God grows also. Because God's written word teaches me endurance. But one last thing. I hope in God because God's written word comforts me. Now I want to spend a few minutes here on comfort. We read here in verse number 4. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. So that through perseverance. That is through the instruction of how to endure. And notice the comfort or encouragement of the writings, <clears throat> we might have hope. Now link that to verse 5. Now, now, as a result of God's word, may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Jesus Christ. You see, the words of endurance and encouragement come from the God of endurance and encouragement. You see, God is a God who comforts us. God is a God who sends 
to us when we're saved, the Holy Spirit of God. My, my, my dear brothers and sisters, can I ask you today, when you're in your deepest moment of despair, have you experienced the encouragement of the Holy Spirit? You see, the Holy Spirit comes and people say, Pastor Mike, how do I know that? It's because He serves back to your mind the truths of God's Word. He brings back to you the promises of God. He brings these comforting words back to you. These words mean nothing to the world. The Muslims in the early days, as Islam began to grow, they called Christians the people of the book. Yes, we are. We are the people of the book. This is the book that changes all of life. This is the book that brings encouragement to me. It's the encouragement that the martyrs took to their death. It's the encouragement that the apostles took in the words of the Lord Jesus as they shared and planted churches. It's the encouragement of God's word as believers have planted churches all through these modern days and missionaries have gone and literally given their lives and sacrificed themselves because of these words I say to you today that gospel comforts, gospel comforts come from God's comforting word. I have gospel comfort in my life. You see, when the worst news comes, I have better news from the word of God. When the worst news comes, and I have lived long enough, and you have too, you don't know what tomorrow's news will be in your life. You don't know what it will be. You don't know what you will yet have to cope. You don't know what your children will yet go through or your grandchildren. You don't know what the circumstances of life will bring. We do not know, though some try to conjecture, how we will be treated in this world, even in the United States of America, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But no bad news shakes us when we have the good news of the gospel recorded in the Word of God. Because I am in God's Word there is comfort and I have rest and peace in a world filled with opinions and turmoils. The only real opinion that matters is the opinion of God. I want to know what He says to me. Gospel comforts are real comforts, my friends. They are inexpressible. They are real. They are powerful. They are soul satisfying. They are life giving. They are everlasting and permanent. God speaks to me in all the situations of life and in every circumstance of life. Perhaps I should pause right here just for a moment and give you some words of comfort. Maybe today you're here and not for anything else I've said. This is why you're here. Let me give you some words of comfort. Let's just allow the word of God to speak to us for a minute. Our Lord said, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe in me. Listen to these words of comfort from the Lord Jesus Christ. For a day in which we live when so many are terrorized and fearful of dying, he who believes in me, even when he dies, he shall live. And everyone who believes in me while he is living will never die. Hear the words of comfort. 
Hear the words of comfort that have been for believers from all the ages we followed Jesus all these thousands of years. I am with you always. I am with you always. Some of you listening to me today, the Lord is with you while you're in your despair and your sickness. You wish it were not so. I am with you always. Those words echoed in the ears of the early church as they were scattered by persecution. I am with you always when you sit alone and you think no one else knows what you're going through. I am with you always. Gospel comforts come from God's Word. The only way I know that the Lord Jesus said, I am with you always, is because it is recorded in Matthew 28. I am with you always. Oh, that's not enough. How about this for gospel comfort? The Father knows what you need before you ask. That may be for you today. Instead of spending all your time in prayer explaining to God what He already knows, perhaps you go to Him and thank Him for what He will do. Because He already knows. The Father, these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the written words. As it is written, the Father knows what you need before you ask. As it is written, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not like the world gives do I give to you. Are you living in the peace of God today? Have you experienced the peace that passes understanding in a world of rage, hatred, turmoil, struggle, financial difficulties, all that goes on around us, and yet you sit, you sit like Noah at peace in the ark while the floods rise around you? How about this? Gospel comforts all things. All things. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Gospel comfort. And being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 119, 50. This is my comfort in my affliction that your word has revived me. Psalm 119, 28. My soul weeps because of grief. Oh, comfort me according to your word. Well, today I hope in God because God's written word, God's written word instructs me. I'm speaking now my testimony to you. I hope in God because God's written word teaches me to endure. Your pastor has to learn to endure also. I have need of endurance in my life, regardless of the things that come. I hope in God because God's written word comforts me. So what do we remember today? Well, we remember this, that the God of hope has given us His words of hope in the word of God. That's what I've been saying to you. God's word comforts us because it's God's words of comfort. And hope in God confesses the words of God. You know, the longer I go along, here's how I know when I have hope in God. Because I confess God's word as I declare my hope. 
I confess the Word of God. The Word of God comes out of me. Listen, not cursing coming out of me. The Word of God comes out of my mouth, not criticism, not judgment. The Word of God comes out of my mouth. You see, we all speak out of the abundance of our heart. When you have hope in your life, you express hope by Scripture, by the Word of God. And God's Word strengthens us in our hope. So I won't linger here. I want to finish, but I do want to pause here and recommend to you and say to you, oh, how wonderful it is sometimes the illustrations that we have that have been given to us as a gift alongside God's Word that help us. And I think of one that many in our church know. I've talked to you, many of you about it, about reading the Pilgrim's Progress to your boys and girls and to your grandchildren, written by uh, a Baptist preacher, a simple Baptist preacher named John Bunyan, back in the mid-1600s. Pilgrim's Progress. We find this man... Christian on his way to the celestial cities, making his way. Now, this fine little story, and we read of Christian and hope being travelers together. Now, stay with me. Christian and hope are traveling and making their way toward heaven, but sadly, they are overtaken and captured by the giant of despair. And they were, and, and hope and Christian are taken by the giant of despair, and they were, and they're locked up in Doubting Castle. The giant of despair takes Christian and hope and locks them in the Doubting Castle. Is that being true of you? Is the giant of despair locked you up as a Christian in Doubting Castle today? I know it's true for some of you. Well, Hope and Christian pray all night. And midway through the night, Christian discovers what he had forgotten from God's Word. And he declares something wonderful. They prayed all night and then he cries out. Christian cries out while he is, while he is locked away in Doubting Castle by the giant of despair. What a fool I am. That I have sat in this stinking dungeon when I can be free. Now here's the line I have for you today. Here's the line I have for you today. Christian says, I have a key in my heart called promise. That will open the lock of any door in Doubting Castle. That may be for you today. You want to unlock the door of doubts and discouragement and despair, then you must go to the Word of God. You must pick it up, my Christian friend. You must read it. You must, you must find time for God's Word, Pastor Mike. I have too many things to do. Then perhaps that's why you're in the condition you're in. Because you have neglected the primary practice you were taught as a child. To pick up God's Word before you open that, before you turn that device on in the morning and your life is already in a midst of distraction. Put it aside or for heaven's sakes, turn it off for a moment and pick up the Word of God so that you might be settled and hear what God has to say to you before you start the day. How do we use all of this in our life? What do we do with all of this? Well, I have three things to say to you, and they're obvious. Pick up God's Word. Read it. Listen to it. Take time with it. Be creative about it. 
We have all kinds of technologies by which we can read or hear God's Word. Put it on. Make it a part of what you do. Perhaps your, your children and you in the car ought to have some time in all of your driving back and forth. Some of you live in your car. You can tell by all the French fries and all the things in the back seat and everywhere else. Turn on the Word of God. Everyone needs to hear the Word of God. Not music, not something else. The Word of God. Pick it up and read it. Read it with your family. Your children need to hear it. Pick it up. You need it for your soul. Pick up God's Word and read it and humbly receive what God says to you. If you open it that day and all of a sudden it's just like that terrible thing that happens sometimes when we go to the mirror and we look. Why? There's a blemish on my face. There's a lot of blemishes on my face. I look older today than I did yesterday. Well, congratulations. That's what the mirror will say to you. The Word of God says to you, Mike, you have covetousness in your life. Mike, you have fear in your life. Mike, you are not trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not thinking about heaven. You're all preoccupied with all this mess down here that will soon come to an end. The Word of God speaks to us in a wonderful, calming, spiritual voice that is unlike any voice you will hear. Pick it up and receive it. And I'm going to tell you something. If something's that valuable to my life, by golly, I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to remember it. I'm not just going to tell my kids, y'all go to RA so Brother Ken and all the teachers will teach you how to memorize God's Word. I'm talking to every adult in this room. You better write it down on a piece of paper. You better record it somewhere. You better put it where it comes up on your phone. You must be reminded. You know the only way to... The only way to assault and destroy wicked thoughts that come into your life is the sword of the Spirit. You can kill those thoughts with this right here. But you must have enough of it in you so that you can do your work. Be careful. Swords are dangerous. Learn how to use your sword. In your own spiritual life. I have more hope in God today than at any other time in my life because of God's word. As Paul said. The perseverance and encouragement of scriptures, they give us hope.